YouTube videos. But we, I are, we are now live, so I should say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 42 of the Groovy Podcast. Uh, my name is Ken Cousin, podcasting from snowy Marlboro, Connecticut. And uh, my name is Baruch Sadogurski, podcasting from the rainy and gray Sunnyvale, California. I think I'd trade for that. We got about 17 or 18 inches, something like that. No, that's good. Snow is fun. Rain is not. It's easy to say that when you don't have to shovel it and you don't have to drive in it. That's 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 also true. Now, I really enjoy, I, I allow myself to go to the snow one day in the year and it feels great. Yeah, I don't mind visiting snow. As exactly. I, I just don't want to shovel it, and I don't want to drive in it. If I could avoid those two things, then I wouldn't care. You know, it would be. That's fun. that's true. That's and true. It's nice out today, but I think we're going to get more tomorrow. So I don't know, but it, it is February after all. Right. So how has your uh, time been in in our little intervening gap here? Oh, it's usual, busy and crazy, and then and everything. But uh, but um, overall, overall good. Good, excellent. Uh, well, we have an interview podcast today, but we do have a few news items that we could take care of before uh, our guest. You want to mention anything about our guest? Before yeah, so um, very soon, uh, Sergey Gorov is going to join us. He is a Groovy, an official Apache uh, Fonda Apache Foundation Groovy Project Committer, or, or whatever the official title is. Hmm. And uh, he is um, he he committed uh, two features into couple of latest groovy um, uh, groovy releases, so big features, and I'm talking about support for macro methods and the other is macro macro something. Um, Igor will join us and and will tell us um, all about it, uh, Sergey. And 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 the idea of those. Uh, features is to make it even easier for us to write um, ST transformations. So by now we have uh, a lot of ways to do that and um, Sergey's work adds two more which um, are apparently first very very familiar for whoever comes to deal with ST transformations from other languages. I think like Scala and, and I think maybe who uses Macros or Haskell. Uh, I, I'm not sure, again, uh, that's what we have Sergey for, but uh, it's generally very easy. The idea is that instead of instead of manipulating the AST tree, you'll just write your code as it was a normal code using variables and then ask Groovy to make an AST transformation out of it instead of keeping it a, a code um, live, a, a, a normal code in bytecode. That's the idea. Okay, well I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about it. Uh, hopefully, he will be able to join us. You get the link and everything, right? So yeah, yeah. No, I think he's setting up microphone and stuff, so he ah. will be he will he will join us shortly. All right. Well, uh, in terms of news items, there were not a lot of uh, new version releases that I noticed. I have very very first important news items first. Breaking news: Dr. Paul King had birthday yesterday. Ah, yes. Paul King's birthday was yesterday, huh? Okay. So that's that's the most important new item we can think <laughs> of. Paul, happy birthday! Yes, happy birthday, Paul! Excellent. We we still have to figure out when we could arrange to get him on the podcast. Of course, we did talk to him at uh, the G three Summit, but he's always a welcome visitor, a real friend uh, to, to come in and 
you know, wonderful to, to see what he's doing over at uh, OCI these days. Yep. Uh, speaking of OCI and yes. actually more about Grails in general, Grails did a 3.2.6 release uh, this week or last week. It's uh, not a major one. It's just minor enhancements and bug fixes, but it did come out uh, this week. And, of course, it is being picked up by SDK managers, so uh, feel free to upgrade. Everything should be fine uh, on the new uh, point version there. We also have now, I don't, there hasn't been a Groovy release uh, since our last one. I mean, there was an interesting Groovy release last time we talked about. And Gradle, I know, is preparing a 3.4 release in the next week or two. I didn't want to put anything about the release candidate. They did put out a release candidate. I didn't happen to link that in the show notes, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, I probably should have because they always want feedback on those sorts of things. But I know by the time we do our next podcast at DevNexus, I expect that uh, that Gradle 3.4 will be out at that point. Again, mostly a performance-related improvement uh, regarding you know a lot of under-the-hood stuff, the general user-friendly API doesn't really change again, but there'll be a lot of performance improvements as well. And we'll talk about that next time. Uh, I do want to mention in terms of one plugin, I know that we don't spend all our time talking about plugins, but uh, there is a Gradle plugin that I've been very fond of for many, many years called Gretty, G-R-E-T-T-Y. And yep. that was managed by, um, I'm going to get this name wrong. His last name's Ilovsky. I think it's, um, it's not Andre. Is it Andre Ilovsky? Andre. Yeah. Yep. And he did a wonderful job with that for years. And then it kind of got suspended when he went over to Apple for a little while. And now that he's back in the open source world, he finally released this week. I shouldn't say finally, but I'm saying that there has been a release of Gretty version 1.4.1. Uh, seriously, yep. if you ever do anything web app related that needs to be deployed to either Jetty or Tomcat or a, a whole group of cluster of those machines, then Gretty is a wonderful, wonderful plugin for doing integration tests and deployment and everything. It's also one of the best documented plugins I've ever seen. So I was very happy to see that. Yeah, that's that's great. I don't know. I hope Andre is fine uh, with, um, with what he's doing because... Um, you know, he went to Apple, and obviously those guys are not don't, don't have usually time for for side projects. And he's not the first; he's not the last that we know of that abandon their open source projects when they join uh, Apple. Another example, of course, is Peter Nenderbazer with Spock. Um, and and I, when I when I saw this release, I'm kind of ah, Andre, is everything good? So I don't know. <laughs> I hope. Well, I don't. The, the way you just said it made it sound like they did it by choice, and I think that's not necessarily the case. I think, uh, from what I gather, Apple has very strong opinions about these sorts of things, and I wasn't going to get in another rant about it, so maybe I'll just yeah, no, 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 I, I'm I'm not blaming it on 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 of course on the developers. I definitely blame it on on Apple uh, comparing to other companies that kind of encourage this kind of participation in open source. From what I know, Apple don't. It doesn't, and uh, um, so definitely not their fault. <laughs> so at any rate, but Gretty's back, and that's good. And I knew a few people who had hesitated to adopt it because it looked like it had stagnated. It's one of those plugins that is, uh, the commits are dominated by a very small number of developers and really you know, Andre himself, so that it's good to see that up and active again. Indeed. Now, 
uh, I also noticed that there was a nice blog post by our good friend Guillaume LaForge, speaking of someone working at a major company, and he's now Google, and yet he clearly is introducing Groovy within Google. He wrote a nice blog post on deploying a Rap Pack app on Google App Engine Flex. So that's the whole function as a service idea, you know, the things related to AWS Lambdas and everything. But he wrote a blog post about deploying Rap Pack on that. Flex there, mm -hmm. engine flex. Well, and and here's an example of, of someone flourishing after joining a, a big software software company with his open source activities, right? And and uh, I, I again every time uh, uh, Guillaume does something like that, I'm like, whoa, Google is a great fit for him because it allows it allows so much creativity in 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 bringing those technologies together groovy and and uh, and google that it's just great well i have no idea what his life is like inside the company other than what he's posted publicly i haven't talked to him about it personally but from the activities that he seems to be doing and from his tweets and things like that he seems to be very happy there and very productive and that's wonderful We're, we we always want the best for him and he does seem to be continuing to contribute to the Groovy community in one way or another as he goes along. That's great. Now, uh, recently at the St. Louis Groovy and Grails meetup back at the beginning of February, February 1st, uh, there was a live broadcast of a talk by Zach Klein called Using React with Grails 3, a new profile out there. And I know they, they made a recording of it because there's now a link to a YouTube video of doing that. I think it's part of the OCI channel at, on YouTube. So that we put a link in the show notes to, uh, to that uh, video using React with Grails 3 by Zach Klein. Uh, so take a look at that if you get a chance, especially if you're interested in front-end technologies like that. It uh, looks very productive. Uh, while I while we're talking about YouTube videos, uh, there's also a, I should mention that there is actually a whole um, YouTube channel now. I guess they call it a channel. It's a playlist actually. I'm sorry, not a whole channel. There's a playlist from OCI called Grails Quickcasts, which collect all of those Grails Quickcasts that we've been seeing lately. Uh, so those are very short videos to get you up and running to help you do interesting things with Grails. Uh, I put a link in the show notes to the Grails Quickcast playlist on YouTube, and so that's very, very helpful. And speaking about YouTube, this YouTube recording, um, Sergey joined us. Yes. Welcome to Groovy hey. Podcast. Hey, hey. Welcome, Sergey. Hey, where, where are you thanks. based, by the way? Uh, it's um, Estonia, Tallinn. In oh, in Estonia. Wow. How how is the uh, situation there right now? Yeah. In terms of weather, I guess. Uh, can you hear me well? Yes. A little well, bit. Yeah, it's a little a bit, bit of a delay, but I think we'll be fine. Uh, we're gonna. We're just. Yay. Just a slight, but we're just finishing off a couple of news items, and then we will be uh, very happy to let you talk about all the interesting things going on uh, as part of the Apache Groovy project. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so um, just to cover a couple of additional items, there aren't very many more. We kept this very thin. I uh, did notice there is a, a blog post making the rounds, you know, that keeps getting retweeted into my timeline. I've seen it several times called Groovy is the New Black. You may have seen this. It was an article written by uh, an author 
on using Groovy inside of JMeter. Now, the, the company associated with this, let me bring this up if I can find it again in my timeline, is called BlazeMeter. They have a commercial product, and I don't actually see an author's name on this blog post necessarily, but they, they have a product that's an add-on to JMeter. And it's nice that somebody took the time to write up an overview of Groovy and, oh, I'm sorry, there is the author's name. I apologize. Uh, Dimitri uh, Tikhansky, T-I-K-H-A-N-S-K-I, uh, contributing writer on the BlazeMeter blog, uh, wrote, an, wrote a nice little post uh, outside the normal Groovy channels, uh, introducing Groovy as a mechanism that's used as a default scripting language inside of JMeter version 3.1. So that's a very welcome site. Glad to see that. Yeah, and 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 we see this uh, migration to Groovy DSLs for for expressing uh, all kinds of continuous integration aspects, uh, starting with, of course, Jenkins version two and their pipeline support, and now JMeter as well. And uh, I really, I'm really excited about it because the alternative to JMeter always was Gatling uh, in which the scripts are written in Scala, which I find um, very confusing and not, not very friendly to use with. So uh, seeing um, JMeter kind of uh, fighting back with, uh, with Groovy DSL is always great to see. Well, see that Scala tweet that went around. I didn't put a link in the show notes, but uh Somebody said, uh, so can you read that code? And they said, um, no, not really. And they said, well, what if I make it bigger? I said, nope, it's still Scala. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, both, that's both a conference joke and Scala joke. It's yeah, great. there was another one that went around, too, something about uh, I wish I could read my own Scala code or something like that. But again, we're not here to criticize. You know, It's fine, uh, but it's been nice to see some of the uh, usage of Groovy growing. Uh, Soap UI, by the way, was always another tool that supported Groovy as a scripting language. I used to get a lot of uh, people asking for uh, Groovy information because they were new to the language because of Soap UI. Uh, speaking of all that, there is a new free ebook, interestingly enough. I haven't downloaded it yet. I haven't really looked at it, but it's called Groovy Succinctly. I put a link in the show notes. It's by Duncan Dickinson. And I put a, let's see, it's a, the company or the website's called Sync Fusion, S Y N C Fusion, F U S I O N. And it's a relatively short book, it's about 100 pages. It is a free download. It comes in Kindle format as well as PDF. Uh, Definitely want to take a look. I, I have to say I haven't had a moment to actually read through it yet, but it looks very promising. If you do read through it and find anything about it, please let us know. We'll be happy to pass along that information. Okay, one other comment I wanted to make that came from Twitter. Uh, our good friend Sergio Delamo, the uh, person who puts out Ruby Calamari, among other things, is giving away a free ticket to Greech the conference, the Groovy conference in Madrid that takes place at the end of March, early April. And and uh, um, our guest today, Sergei, is speaking there. Yeah. They're all wonderful. Excellent. So this is a different uh, Sergei, or this Sergio as opposed to Sergei. Thank you. Uh, at any rate, uh, Sergio said, all you, in order to be eligible for the drawing, you have to tweet about Groovy Calamari uh, with a hashtag hash Groovy Lang, you know, the normal hashtag for anything Groovy related, and a winner will be drawn at the end of February. So just wanted to mention that in case you are looking for something on that nature. 
Uh, I think that's it except for one thing, and I just had to bring this up because I knew you would have if I hadn't. Uh, the deal of the day at Manning, the Manning publishers that put out all the in-action books for today, February 10th, is Kotlin in Action, <laughs> which is now finished, by the way. It's in all released, and everything's been updated. I have to say I've only looked at a couple of Kotlin books, but this one so far is one I've uh, found the most interesting. I'm not very far into it, just a couple of chapters. I still find it kind of – I keep having to roll my eyes when they get all excited about features that we've had in Groovy for years and years and years, but so be it. Uh, it isn't just Kotlin in Action Day today, by the way. Uh, apparently, Akka in Action and Closure in Action are also included in that deal today. Yeah, all, all, those, all those are bundled together because, you know, at least maybe for 50% off, someone, someone will buy them. Yeah, that's right. So they're all 50% off. And any rate, so I just wanted to mention, those were the, the quick news items that we had. Breach is coming up at the end of March, as I mentioned. Great Conf in EU is at the end in Copenhagen at the end of May. Great Conf in the U.S. is in Minneapolis in July. I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, anything I'm leaving out? Anything that you notice going on? No, no. I think that was a good, um, good portion of news, and uh, we should uh, start with Sergey if we want to keep our uh, podcast timely. Absolutely, and and I'm very grateful that you are willing to take time, I, especially time zone issues. We are definitely way in a different time zone. Uh, what time zone are you in, by the way, out, out in Estonia? It's East European time, so it's uh, six o'clock right now. So that's GMT plus what, two or three, something like that? Plus three, yeah. Plus three. Well, uh, Baruch, why don't you take over and, and talk to, you know, I'll be happy to chip in, but you know much more about what Sergey is doing. And I yeah, so, so I think that the interesting part here is, is, is what Sergey knows. And um, so just tell us um, a little bit about, about yourself, about your work with, with Groovy, and uh, about the features that you, that you committed to Groovy. Okay, so I started to use Groovy uh, around three or four years ago. Uh, I think it's three and a half, yes. And uh, just half a year later, uh, where they started to do some AST magic and uh, attempted to contribute to Groovy. Uh, so this was my uh, pet project called uh, Macro Groovy to simplify the work with EST uh, nodes because uh, it's kind of painful to generate them as a plain API. There are some options like AST Builder or uh, generic use or something like that. Uh, but all, all of them, um, they're not that simple if you just start into this Groovy. Uh, one option is to use AST Builder uh, build from code. Uh, but uh, it's not that powerful as Macro Groovy. And um, Macro Groovy was uh, gladly welcomed by a uh, Groovy community and eventually got merged to Apache Groovy. Um, so so what, what is it? How, how does it work? What's the idea behind it? Okay, so uh, the idea is quite simple. You write some code in Clojure, you pass the magical macro method, and then the result of this method will be a bunch of AST nodes not the uh, code you pass. Uh, so it's compile time magic. 
and it helps you to develop AST transformations. Uh, it's AST transformation itself, global AST transformation. And if you want to uh, return some code from your AST transformation, and you don't want to think how to generate these nodes, you just know that, okay, I want to call this method, for instance, on this class, or I just want to return this construction, uh, you write macro return uh, my class, my method, uh, some argument, and that's it. So you don't have to think how AST nodes are uh, structured under the hood. All right. And, and I understand that this macro idea borrowed from, from some other programming language or inspired by other programming languages that already have that. Yes, I was inspired by Huxi. Uh, it's um, not very popular, but really nice language developed by a uh, French guy. Uh, initially, it uh, was developed as an alternative for uh, ActionScript, uh, Flash ActionScript language. Uh, I was working with ActionScript a lot before Groovy or Java, and uh, it has really nice macro system, macro programming system. So it's not only uh, this macro method, but uh, whole power of macroses. And by the way, this idea, uh, I borrowed it as well, and we are going uh, to introduce macro system in Groovy, uh, compile time macro system, of course. So it's not something new, actually. It's just a global transformation, but wrapped for you. So you don't have to think about global AC transformations, but you think methods. So you just want method and you want to return some AC from this method. Uh, basically, that's it. So it's kind of uh, instead of instead of understanding the tree and, and knowing all the nodes, what type of them, all those expressions and statements and, 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 and all this mess, you just write a normal method as in source code and then you ask the macro groovy, make an IST transformation out of it, make an IST out of it and it spills out bunch of statements, expressions and all that. Uh, just piece of the piece of the tree uh, that you can then uh, in use in your in your uh, AST transformations. Yes, uh, in the simplest case, there are some cases when it's not. Uh, so you still can uh, produce AST nodes, uh, resulting AST nodes, nodes by yourself. And uh, by the way, people keep asking like, uh, when would I use this macro method? Uh, I just want to remind that, for instance, uh, GORM framework, uh, widely known. Uh, Remember, um, you can do something like entity dot and then uh, query in Groovy, and it will be translated to uh, SQL query at compile time with some compile time validation. Do you remember it? Yep. So, so yes, actually, it's, an, uh, it's a macro method. So uh -huh. it's a compile time method, and it's being translated to uh, some runtime code compile time so uh, it's a good example of macro method but uh, it wasn't that generic it was designed specifically for GORM implemented on their own as their own global transformation so macro methods will uh, just gen not generalize but uh, set away all the macro methods and you can share uh, the same implementation between all of them there are some other examples of uh, global macro methods. They're just so, 
itself hidden. Uh, so we don't know that you're calling macro method. Yep, as as a lot of as a lot of AST transformation stuff, the idea is for them to be hidden. So you will just use the groovy magic that is powered by 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 all of that. Just, and just curiosity, though, how does how does it work? Do you, you write a method, and then do you have to execute the method? Is this at runtime? It generates the AST transform, or is this still at compile time? That's the point about macro methods. Your method will be executed by the compiler at compile time and will replace method call with the resulting ASD returned from this method. So you don't have to run anything. It just looks like nope. a method. But the compiler yeah. is still the one that, that reads it, executes it somehow, and then generates the ASD transform from it. Yeah, it just say so this method is macro method. So please, instead of uh, runtime call, do this call in kind of compile time um, yeah, basically, basically that's it. That's fascinating. I, I don't know that many languages, so I, I'm not familiar with this process. Uh, so that's fascinating. Uh, what version of Groovy is that going to be a part of? Do you know? Well, uh, right now it's being uh, discussed uh, in mail list, uh, the hot topic. And right now people uh, got confused by naming because, uh, well, it was my issue. Uh, initially, I named it Macro Groovy uh, library. Mm. Then uh, I was trying to push macro methods. It's an abstraction. And people were macro methods. Oh, so it's this small macro method uh, to generate AST nodes? No. So it's not the same. It's, uh, it's library versus abstraction. Uh, so macro method uh, well, from Macro Groovy was merged to uh, Apache Groovy already and will be released as part of 2.5 uh, macro methods themselves as an API. It's a bit unclear. Uh, there are some open questions about them, uh, about the syntax. Even. So can't say, uh, can't give any estimations about uh, macro methods as API, but under the hood, macro groovy, this magical macro method, is already re-implemented on top of macro methods by me. Uh, it's waiting for a pull request review, but it's something done already. So we might release initial version without any public API for macro methods. Yet macro method itself will be implemented as a macro method. Yeah, naming start. <laughs> yeah, naming naming is hard, and also uh, what what actually kind of um, bites us a little bit is your deep understanding of how this macro stuff works when most of us just have no idea what it is and when you explain it you go like well this is macro method but, but obvious right and people like what what are you talking about people so yeah really, I, oh, yeah sorry people really overthink it so they think it's something uh, really complex and uh, hard to use hard to understand Actually, if you abstract yourself away and just accept this sentence, like uh, method call, you will replace it with ASD returned from this method at compile time. It becomes mm -hmm. much simpler to mm. understand. And uh, two years ago, almost two years ago, at GreatConf, uh, I was giving a presentation about uh, macro methods and macro groovy. Um, it wasn't that successful. Uh, 
uh, I would say, because um, I didn't manage to explain them uh, properly. And I was standing in front of uh, all these groovy contributors, groovy advanced people, and I saw their eyes like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so this time at Grinch, uh, I'm going to do a workshop instead of a talk about macro methods. So uh, I'll explain them individually uh, for everyone. So you can come and uh, try to write your own macro method. For instance, you have an idea and uh, you always wanted to try it uh, in Groovy, especially some uh, weird cases because, you know, there are many use cases for macro methods. Okay, GORM is just an example. Another example would be Spock data tables. For instance, uh, a developer from uh, Japan, he, uh, he was playing with macro methods and he created a bunch of uh, different uh, use cases implemented as macro methods. And one of them was uh, a data table from Spock, mm. but as a method. So you don't have to use Spock in your Groovy code as a global thing, as a global framework. You just say that, okay, for this set, uh, for this closure, please return me uh, data I wrote inside it. And uh, I was really surprised and happy to see uh, his effort on learning macro methods because uh, he managed to write some examples of usage even better than me because uh, he created an abstraction, but it's a bit hard to sometimes apply your abstraction on some real world cases. But he managed to, and uh, highly recommend to check. I can send you a link, and uh, everyone can take a look. The implementation is rather simple uh, and easy to read, but powerful. Another example is a pattern matching, matching implemented as a macro method. So uh, something we know from Scala, from Kotlin, and other languages. Uh, you want to do something like, I know, uh, match my argument, case integer, case string, case, uh, some closure to match, right? Uh, we can implement it as macro method, and we can translate, to, translate it to a bunch of ifs, after all, why not? So this is what I did. Again, really and, powerful and, and I think, and I think you already mentioned that all the documentation um, uh, exists. It merged with the official uh, Groovy documentation, uh, at least for Macro Groovy, and we can read more about it there. Yes, documentation for Macro Groovy itself was contributed by uh, Mario, as far as I remember. Uh, huge thank, uh, huge thank to him because uh, he did a great job. Uh, I was postponing and postponing uh, my time to contribute to documentation because, again, it was a bit unclear for me how to document properly for everyone. But I managed to, and the documentation is brilliant. It explains a lot of things about Macro Groovy uh, in a simple, uh, you know, in simple words and by human who. Uh, who didn't implement it himself, but uh, who investigated it and uh, collected all the knowledge he gained from the investigation and just put it to the documentation. 
Yeah. I love that idea that the explanation that it's a method that's executed by the compiler and outputs an AST transform. That that really makes like gives me a yep. much better feel for what's going on. Uh, I love the idea of the generative testing approach, you know, generating Spock data tables and everything. And you mentioned pattern matching is another application. It sounds like it's going to have some pretty wide applicability. And, and that's uh, definitely thank you very much for helping to contribute that. Um, now that you're on the core team, by the way, do you have any idea what the time frame is on the, the Groovy 2.5 release? Do you know what they're aiming for, roughly? Okay, so uh, 2.5 is around the corner. Uh, we're going to release it as soon as possible because people are waiting for uh, macro Groovy. They want to try it, they want to relate it. And after all, why not? Uh, there are some discussion around Parrot, uh, new Groovy parser based on and uh, versus four, uh, uh, version four, and uh, it's still unclear. Will be released as part of uh, 2.x series or 3.0 because initially it's supposed to be a breaking change. Later they managed to backport it to Java 7, so no good reason uh, to release it as breaking change because it's a huge change. And it should be backward compatible as much as much as possible. And it is possible to make it backward compatible. So most mm -hmm. probably Parrot will be released as 2.6 or maybe even 2.5. Wow. Those are those are big, big, big news. So you're you're saying the parrot parser at the moment, but I, I thought we understood that it was going to require Java 8. And what you're saying is they can make it backward compatible to 1.7. Uh, and therefore, maybe part of a sooner Groovy release rather than, <coughs> pardon me, rather than later. Uh, thank you. By by bringing that back, because I've been noticing that um, there have been several tweets about the Parrot parser saying it supports the the old style for loops and a, a few other things coming out. And I know everybody's uh, pretty much looking forward to the new parser in there. Well, Groovy was better Java for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Until Java 8. Java 8 introduced new lambdas, a uh, bunch of new syntax structures, and uh, Groovy and uh, Groovy took uh, another road. Uh, so right now, Parrot just returns this uh, better Java mm. by uh, keeping compatibility with Java syntax as much as possible. Um, one question, uh, an answered question about a new Parrot is Lambda and method references because, well, at grammar level, they are implemented and uh, no issues so far. But the way how Java handles uh, Lambdas is a bit different compared to closures, uh, especially about these and uh, super calls. So it means that we either have to uh, break the semantic between uh, Java lambdas and uh, closures and make them uh, behave exactly like closure, or we have to deal with uh, a bunch of uh, lambda-specific conditions, and maybe even, uh, not sure, but maybe we'll have to force user to use Java 8 if they want to use uh, lambdas, uh, as far as I understood. Uh, sorry, I, it could be wrong here. Uh, I was reading these emails uh, not very precisely, uh, but uh, as far as I understand, 
the only way to make them behave exactly like Java is to use uh, Lambda Meta Factory uh, from Java 8. Yeah. Maybe it's possible to backport it. I don't know. So that they've got, a, they still have some pretty major decisions to make then re regarding the relationship between lambdas and Ruby closures. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Still, some uh, research should be done, but uh, the activity around Parrot is incredibly huge, and the community, both the community and the development team, uh, we want to release it as soon as possible. We want to try it as soon as possible because all the synthetic tests on a Groovy code base itself, on Rails code base, and all other publicly uh, available code bases, code bases are not 100% uh, valid because some magical uh, untested code could be uh, could could exist, and we don't know. So maybe. Parrot will be released as an option to Groovy, like uh, you know, we have Groovy O. Uh, yeah, like a module, like yeah. like a yeah. uh, like a module that you can turn on and off. That makes sense. If I remember right, that's exactly what uh, what we saw with uh, Invoke Dynamic back when Java Seven was introduced. It was optional, and by the way. <laughs> I don't think any of us use it by now because from what I remember of that we discovered that it doesn't get us any performance boost. I I, I bet Parrot is a completely different story, but releasing it first as, as, as an optional pluggable module makes a lot of sense. Just one, la one other thing I want to ask you, just by the way, what, what's your day job? What do you do normally? Well, I work with Zero Turnaround. Uh... Oh. I'm full stack developer. Uh, half of the day, I'm doing some JavaScript. Surprise, surprise! Oh uh, yeah, but uh, we use we no use one Groovy. is perfect, Sergey. No one is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Ken, Ken here is very is very into Kotlin lately. Oh, so. you stop! All right, let Sergey talk. <laughs> <laughs> so you are you are getting Groovy occasionally at at the job or not? Yes, we use Groovy to test our uh, Java agents uh, and. Groovy is really helpful here. You know, when you want to test Java agent for a typical web application, you have to write your web application, and you should make it uh, small, understandable, and after all, easy to change. So we utilize uh, Groovy and Great Grapes to write these test applications, and then we run them in Docker containers and verify that. Uh, our Java agents works fine. So Groovy for us uh, solved an issue of writing test applications because uh, in the simplest case with Spark Java, it's just four lines of, four lines of code to start a fully featured web application with Jetty inside. Mm -hmm. And we can define which version uh, of the dependency to use if you want to attach uh, for instance, Jedis to test our integration with Redis. We just add one more add grab, and then we can start uh, Jedis in the same script. So it's not like compared to uh, you know huge module in our uh, code base where we have to build our test applications, maybe Maven or Gradle, uh, bunch of folders, uh, some dependencies in Maven files. So 
you take a look at the source of your test code, uh, your, your test application, and you don't know which version of the dependency is being used. But in Groovy, it's a single file, and it's really helpful. Well, if you ever decide to look at something as an alternative, I mean, obviously, that using a script the way you're describing is nice and small and self-contained, powerful. Uh, just since we mentioned earlier on this podcast that Gretty has a new version out as part of a plugin on Gradle, you might want to take a look. Uh, but I understand that sounds like a somewhat different use case for what you're doing. Yeah, I did. Well, that's uh, that's wonderful. Is there anything else you wanted to mention or, or bring up or, or anything like that? Well, maybe just some uh, after, uh, things from my mind, like uh, people were thinking that uh, Apache Groovy means uh, means best for Groovy because uh, sometimes uh, projects contributed to Apache uh, they uh, I know they disappear, mm. and uh, this is not what's happening with Groovy. Uh, Groovy becomes more and more mature, uh, so. Now I see uh, how other Apache projects, as they pay their interest in Groovy, they uh, start asking about Groovy. Some enterprises, the same here, they see Apache, and they know that this project will be maintained, will be supported. They can even buy some commercial support if they want. Uh, some companies hold uh, commercial support for some IDEs, as far as I know, uh, IDE development for Groovy, because they use Groovy. Uh, so they know whom to ask. So for me, uh, okay, maybe Pivotal was a good place to start this. I mean, not to start the Groovy itself, but to start active development. Uh, so it's kind of startup uh, accelerator. So yes, you move quickly, you develop quickly. You don't really care about some minor bugs or something like this. But Apache is just next stage, next step. So now, okay, uh, we have to vote for the releases and uh, we have to follow some standards, some Apache standards. Uh, it might be bad in the first look. So we think, okay, now it will be harder to develop Groovy. But after all, uh, you develop uh, the project in a well-designed process, and you know, after all, it's. Uh, well, you're I, saying it's part of the natural evolution of the language. Is that we went from a, a, a toddler to a, a, a teenager, and then we now are part of an actual major infrastructure, and it's you can treat it like an adult now. I mean, there's still innovations and things that'll be changed, but it's relatively stable, and this also gives a lot of companies a. Uh, a good brand, you know, the Apache brand is very well known and very well, widely accepted. And as we've seen from Guillaume's statistics, that the number of downloads still keeps going up and up. Uh, so and I think and and of course, it's it allows much more people to 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 contribute. And I think Sergey, you you one of the uh, one of the proofs how successful uh, the the um, adoption of Groovy in in Apache Foundation was. Uh, also, it enabled uh, all the wonderful things that OCI does, and and their massive team of, of 15 people that working on 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 Groovy and Grails. 
uh, I completely agree with you. It was for the best, despite our uh, um, kind of, you know, hesitation and we didn't know what to expect, but it turned out to be great, absolutely. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I do appreciate it, especially because of the, the time difference. Uh, you're always welcome. Um, and I really look forward to trying out the, the macro methods now. They sound fascinating. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, you know, the, the sample code and, and trying them and everything. Uh, so thank you very much for that contribution. Thank you for inviting me. Sergey, uh, not Sergey, uh, Baruch, anything else? Anything we're leaving out? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I think I think we should run, uh, wrap up. Uh, Sergey, thank you very much for, for coming on a, a very short notice. We we appreciate it, and I think we, we did a hell of a job today. Thank you. Our next uh, you. Meeting, our next podcast will probably come from DevNexus in a couple of weeks. Live, live from Atlanta. Okay. Exactly. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.